Hello, this is Pastor Bob Gray. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast here at Emmanuel Baptist Church of Longview. I trust the services will be a blessing to you. If I can do anything for you, please let me know. You can find our information on the website at ebclongview.com. Let's go right into the services of Emmanuel Baptist Church. Enjoy God's Word. Galatians chapter 6, verse 1. Galatians chapter 6, we're going to pick up in verse number 1. Ushers, I'll let you have a seat. Thank you very much. Galatians chapter 6 and verse number 1, if we could begin there. Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such an one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if a man think himself to be something... When he is nothing, he deceiveth himself, but let every man prove his own work, and then shall he have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another. For every man shall bear his own burden. Let him that is taught in the word communicate unto him that teacheth in all good things. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to the flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption, but he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. As we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. This morning I'm preaching on this subject, the oxymoron of the Bible the oxymoron of the Bible. And an oxymoron is defined as a figure of speech in which apparently contradictory terms appear in conjunction. Examples of this oxymoron is a silent scream, old news, bitter sweet, lead balloon, civil war, plastic silverware, jumbo shrimp, paper towel, working vacation, negative income, pretty ugly, icy hot, and a wise fool. These are oxymorons. These are things that when you put them together, one scratches their head and they just think to themselves, that doesn't make sense, but yet that makes perfect sense. There are those verses in the Bible that upon close inspection, it's an oxymoron. It does not fit together. There are many verses in the Bible that you'll come across and get ready to use your Bible. We're not looking at all of them today, but I picked one that about a year and a half ago, a year and a couple of months ago, I came across here in the book of Galatians, and I thought to myself that, that, that that's an oxymoron. There's no way that these two things should ever be mentioned in the same verse. And this oxymoron to me is found in Galatians chapter 6 and verse number 9. Look at this. It's, It's the very first phrase. And let us not be, here's the oxymoron, weary in what? Well doing. When I came across that, I'm like, weary in well doing? This little phrase is an oxymoron to the Christian. Would you not think that doing well would bring about renewal. Doing well would bring about refreshing. 
doing well would bring about a fragrance of self-satisfaction. When God, through the apostles, said, be not weary in well-doing, the verse does not indicate here that we become weary in doing good. It it tells us here, and I'm not trying to split hairs, but I find it very interesting that the doing of good only ends with the action of the good. But well-doing means I want a continuation. I I, I want to see it to its end. Well is the motive. Doing is the action. The word well is an adjective that describes our motive and our sincerity. You sitting here before me, you, you are very much, your, your Christianity is well-doing. I have chosen to believe that everybody that attends church on a Sunday morning, that you're not here because you want to do bad. You're here because you're striving for well-doing to be in your life. It's an adjective, well. This goes right to the sincerity behind what we do. The word well, beautiful, handsome, excellent, precious, useful, suitable, commendable, admirable, beautiful to look upon, shapely, magnificent, good, excellent in its nature and characteristics, genuine, approved, praiseworthy, noble, beautiful by reason of purity of heart and life, praiseworthy, morally good, noble, honorable, conferring honor. You see, everything that Paul tells us in the book of Galatians, that we in this room, that we start well-doing. It's almost as if if you're here and you have experienced this oxymoron. If you're here this morning and you go, Pastor, I get that verse. It may not fit, but I so get it. Because I have become weary. Here it is, well-doing. Here I want to be this person. I'm sincere in my faith. I'm, I'm, I'm very much real in my faith, and I'm just trying to help everybody around me, and I want everything. If you're that believer, and you have experienced weariness like I'm speaking about, and you're thinking to yourself, why am I fainting? Why am I losing steam? Why am I running out of gas? Why do I not have the same energy? Why do now I look at situations with suspect and with maybe shadiness, whereas before I looked at it like this is wonderful. What a great opportunity. I no longer go into this with rose-colored glasses. I now am looking at this going, I don't think I have the strength to do this again. If you're that way, then be comforted by this one thought. You carry the heart of God in wanting everyone to be saved and everything to turn out right. And there was a time when the naivety or the innocence or the, or, or the rookie state of your Christian life, you went into this with this vibrant Christian life that said, we're going to do well and it's going to turn out right. We're going to do well and we'll be respected. We're just going to do well, and boy, everything's going to come up roses. But then all of a sudden, in the doing of well and in the well-doing with a sincere heart, it didn't quite turn out. The Bible is very clear that in the doing of good and the well, excuse me, the well-doing, there can become a faintness. There can be a weariness. There can be a fatigue. There can be an exasperation. 
there can be the doubt that what we're about to do for the fifth time, that it's not going to turn out any better than it did the last four times. And a cynicism sets into the average believer's life that they really look at everything in terms of this. I was sincere in my doing of well and my doing of good. I was very sincere in this, but I got nothing out of it. Why would I even want to try again? One of the unique things that I think God gives a pastor is the ability to stand still and watch the conveyor belt of life pass him by. It's the ability to be around people that used to attend, that used to belong, and then you see the fact that life has moved them on. doesn't matter what reason. But I will tell you this, that you and I cannot become weary in well-doing. The word weary, if you'll take your Bibles and go to Luke chapter 18, there are are a couple of spiritual acts in the Bible that that we're told don't become weary in, and that that it's very easy to become weary. And then we're going back to Galatians. This morning, if you're losing steam in your spiritual existence, if you are here this morning, and I don't know who I'm talking to, but right now the Spirit of God is letting me know that I think some of you are in this boat that all of a sudden, Pastor, you don't know how close I am to giving up because what is the use of going round and round and round and round with sincerity and just I, I, I want to do the best I can only for it not to turn out where, where is the end? Well, I want you to notice that being weary in, in this world, there, there's a reason Christians get weary, and we'll discuss three reasons at the very end. But look at Luke chapter 18, verse 1. And he spake a parable unto them to this end, that men ought always to pray and not to what, please? Faint. Do you, do you know the word faint and the word weary, same word in the Greek, that is, it emerges here with this story? Prayer. You would think that prayer would invigorate you. You would think that getting on your knees and asking God that all of a sudden you would walk out this super giant. You would think that prayer, going to the throne of God with all the rights of a son because of Jesus Christ, you would think going to the throne of grace would yield the glow of God. Remember when Moses was in the cleft of the rock and, the, and God passed by and Moses poked his head out of the cleft of the rock and saw the backside of God and the glory of God was so much on him that he had to put a veil over his face because the glory was too much? You would think that this would happen every time. But then we're given the illustration in verse number 2 through verse number 8 of the unjust judge. Look at verse verse 3, and there was a widow in that city. She came unto him saying, avenge me of mine adversary. And he would not for a while. But afterwards he said within himself, though I fear not God nor regard man, yet because this woman, what, troubleth me. Can you see this judge in the courtroom? And this woman stands up and says, judge, avenge me of mine adversaries. And the judge says, "You, you, you can sit down. She sits down, and five minutes later, judge, stand, judge, your honor, avenge me of my adversaries. And the judge says, lady, I've told you one time, now I'm not going to tell you to sit down. The lady sits back down. She stands up, to th- judge, avenge me of my adversary. And the judge says, bailiff, take her out of here. 
The judge retires to his chambers for lunch. And at the window is this lady that pops up in his window. Judge, avenge me of my adversary. He pulls the shade down. And the lady's still pounding on the out. Judge, avenge me of my adversaries. And he's like, good night. What is wrong with this woman? So he goes back to the courtroom and goes home. He's at the house. He's sitting relaxing. And all of a sudden, the lady pops up at his window. Judge, avenge me. You would think prayer would yield strength. But you know what he said here? Don't get weary in prayer. Don't faint in prayer. And don't give up. This is that weariness that you and I have sometimes in the Christian life. Would you go to 2 Corinthians chapter 4? You would think prayer would bring about strength. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse number 1. In verse number 1, we're told again, Therefore, seeing we have this ministry... As we have received mercy, look at the phrase there in 2 Corinthians 4.1, we faint not. You would think ministry, helping people, that you would think it would bring about revigoration. And now you understand that if you have been in church in any length of time, that ministry can bring about a weariness. Ministry. Hey, could you sing in the choir? Could you help us out just one service? Now, do you know why the laughter spreads across the auditorium? Because do you know how many people end up in the choir for a lifetime over that one naive, well-doing, and then they wake up 20 years with the songbook going, I only agreed to one service. How did I end up here? Only thing worse than the choir is when somebody says, Miss Queen says or Miss Green says, could you help us one service in the nursery? And then you're like, I would love to. And then your name shows up on a rotation list from here to the day you die. Understand that you and I, this, this, you would think ministry, especially if you're verse number two. Verse number two gives you insight into the word well. But you have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness or handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. Basically what this is, description of well. He said, don't faint in ministry work. Don't become tired. Don't get weary of being this kind of Christian that you have renounced the things of dishonesty because we can look at ministry. You think working with people would be wonderful. Take the most cantankerous person in your family. If they're in this auditorium, please do not point at them right now. But, but take that person that if you're going, if you're going to a family reunion, isn't there always that person? Am I judging? Isn't there always that person like, are they coming? Yeah, they'll be there. Let me tell you something. You and I can get to the point to where ministry becomes toxic. And we did ministry with this vibrant, this loving, this sincere, and then only for it to be trampled on? And it's like, Oh, this isn't everything it's cracked up to be. This is when you start to become weary. Dear Christian, if you're in a nosedive spiritually to where you are the epitome of this and you're becoming weary, 
And you're like, what is the use of praying? It didn't get answered. What is the use of doing ministry? I'm just getting pounced on. Go to Ephesians, um, excuse me, go to 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse number 15. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse number 15. And then we're headed back to Galatians. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse number 15. For all things are for your sakes that the abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many redound unto the glory of God, for which cause we faint not. Though Though our outer man perisheth, yet the inner man is renewed day by day. You would think that with salvation beating on the inside that we understand we have trouble. But why isn't the inside being this refreshing and this new? If your Christian life is starting to sputter and you are like, Pastor, what you're speaking about today, I used to wake up going, it's Sunday. We're going to go to church. This is going to be exciting. R.G., yesterday, when Brother Smith sends out the text, and uh, I was caretaking R.G. yesterday, and, and, um, and R.G.'s laying on the couch, and the text about the choir came out. And R.G.'s laying there, and, uh, and he's kind of, he's down for the count. And, uh, and he, all, but all, when that text came in, he was like, we're singing, um, I believe in Calvary, I believe in a hill called... I've been to Calvary. I knew it had something to do with Jesus and the cross. I just know which side of this. <laughs> and I've been to Calvary, right? And I said, R.G., how's it go? And, RG, and I recorded R.G. without him knowing it. He went, I've been to Calvary through the witness of the truth. I said, no, it's the witness of this word. Uh-uh, truth. And uh, mm, I was right. You were wrong. So, so but, but if you're sitting here going, Pastor, I'm not RG. I'm not excited. I'm losing that fervor. Then I think that we can understand it if you'll return to Galatians chapter 6, and let's look at it. So, so, so when it says, let us not be weary in well-doing. I think being weary in well-doing is all how you look at well-doing in context of Galatians chapter 6, verse 9. And I think you understand where does the weariness come from? The weariness comes from, and please know this, and I say this with with all sincerity. Are you ready? If you are weary of well-doing, it means you're spiritual. Because if you didn't care about well-doing, you wouldn't be this worn out. There are people who pick up God, put down God, pick up God, put down God, pick up God, put down God, pick up God on Easter, put down God, then pick up God on Christmas, put down, pick up God when crisis is going, put it down, pick it up when, when life is bad, put it down when life is good. But there are people who care. And the people right now that I'm speaking to, that you are involved and you care. And you're saying, Pastor, what is going on with me? Why does this seem so hard? Why am I walking in mud? Why is this going on? 
Well, the Bible tells us in Galatians chapter 6, and it's a truth that helped me some time ago. Would you please look at Galatians chapter 6 and verse 1? It's in the context of this be not weary in well-doing. Look at it. Galatians 6, 1. Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Look at Galatians chapter 6, verse 2. Look at it. Bear ye one another's, what please? Burdens. Do you know why you become weary? Because look at verse number five. For every man shall bear his what? One of the reasons why I believe Christians become weary is because we carry dual burdens. We carry what we're going through, but but, but because we love we carry other people's burdens. And now we pick up what we have to deal with, and we're like, no, 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 no. Let me help you. Let, let, let me swoop down and, and, and let me pick this up and let me help you. You wouldn't pick up somebody else's burden. The Bible says, ye which are spiritual restore." And there is something about somebody loving the Lord. And I love the Lord. And I want to do the best I can for God. That if you see a brother that's overtaken in a fall, your heart opens up like this. And you say, I can help you fix this. Let me help you fix this. And you will carry their burden. And you will carry your burden. And all of a sudden, what starts out with just you and Jesus, now you have your burden, and now you have other people's burdens, and all of a sudden, what was a great time in your life at one point, now is a very weary time. Any Christian who is spiritual will be concerned with the plight of those around them. Spiritual people sympathize and empathize. I was telling a dear man this morning in the hallway that I I did not know the mile that you walked in, basically, until I had to walk that mile. And, and, And I said, it is tough when you carry your burdens, and then you carry other people's burdens. And isn't this true? About the time you're okay, they're not okay, right? About the time you're like, my financial house is in order. Can I borrow? And then all of a sudden you take and you give and now you've got a burden and now you've helped there. This can become weary. And please know this, dear Christian, that the reason you're weary is not because you're unspiritual or backslidden. It's because you care. Have you ever seen a mama that not not only took their kids to something, but said, oh, I'll stop by and pick your kids up? And she doesn't get home till late at night, and she's tired? To do that one time is great. To do that for a year, that's tough. And there's this weariness. I'm going to help you at the very end of how, how do we combat this, but now let's understand it. The weariness sets in when I have to carry my burdens, and then I have to carry your burdens. Most pastors can survive as long as they're carrying your burdens. But the moment they got a burden, and now i got to pick up the people's burdens, and now I have to bear it. This is when pastors cut out stage right. But don't we praise the Lord that Jesus 
carries our burdens and he carries us. That's the beauty of God. The beauty of God is that God never gets tired of carrying your burdens and carrying your burden. Do you realize every burden in this room, he has it and he's bearing it and you'll never know he's tired. Praise the Lord on that. But we aren't God. You, you, you and I need to give each other a free pass when we're a little bit grouchy. When somebody's grouchy that normally this is not your disposition, know this, they're weary and they must be carrying something. So this weariness, this oxymoron, be not weary in well-doing. We can become weary because we carry dual burdens. Look at Galatians chapter 6 and verse number 7. Look at chapter 6 and verse number 7. Be not deceived, God is not mocked, for whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Let me just pause and go back. This doesn't mean to become unweary, you stop caring about people. Okay? It doesn't mean that. Oh, no, I'm too weary, you're on your own. No, it, it doesn't mean that. You, you, never mind. Uh, so look at verse 7. Be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Look at the context. For he that soweth to his what, please? Flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. Do you, do you, life everlasting. Do you know why we become weary? It's because we carry these dual burdens in Galatians chapter 6. But we also become weary because of the presence of the flesh. Your flesh can be hard to carry sometimes. And I'm not talking about your physical flesh. I'm talking about that old man. That part of you that's not been saved nor redeemed. It will only be changed. And so understand, if we do if, if, if we are good at well-doing, then there's this constant companion with us, and that is called the flesh. Because we are trapped in our flesh. Listen to this. We are constantly sowing in two fields. We are constantly sowing in the field of the fleshly, and then we're constantly sowing in the sealed field of the heavenly. We sow in the field of the fleshly. We sow in the field of the heavenly. Because you're trapped in this flesh, then listen to this, our inconsistency becomes a consistency in our inability to get it right. This you can become weary in. Don't you desire to be on a consistent basis what other people think you are? Don't you desire to get it right all the time? How many of you teachers stand up on Wednesday night and on Sunday morning and you're teaching God's word and you're teaching a book and you make a statement? How many's ever done this teaching? You make a statement that you're not living. Would you please join me by a raise of a hand? Have you ever taught something that you, yeah? And you sit there and go, man, if I could just get it down. Well, the problem is you're trapped in your flesh, and a weariness by somebody wanting to do well is because they're trapped in the flesh. Go to Romans chapter 7, and let's understand this. Romans chapter 7 and verse 15. And I used to apologize for making people use their Bible in church, but what better place to use your Bible? And, 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 and a weariness in well-doing is because you have, you have this old man, the flesh. Look at Paul. 
the apostle that was focused on for the majority of the New Testament. Romans chapter 7, verse 14, for that which I do, I allow not. For what I would, that do I not. But what I hate, that do I. If then I do that which I would not, I consent unto the law that it is good. Now then it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. Look at this. For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. For to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good, I find not. For the good that I would do not, that, that I would, I do not, but the evil which I would not, that I do. There's a weariness that comes from somebody that has a sincere heart that I just want to, I, I just want to help. I just want to do what's right. But then you wake up to where there are days your flesh and go to the very end of the chapter, verse 24. Oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the what, please, body of this death. Do you know that there are some historians that interpret this verse in meaning that they would tie a dead body to the murderer and make him drag around this dead body? And what Paul was trying to tell us was, I can't wait to get rid of this wretched man. I can't wait to get rid of this old guy. Because getting rid of that which makes me weary. How many have ever thought, I'm on a roll. I have put two days together. Man, I am thriving more than surviving because I've gone three days only to go on a two-week binge. Or what is that time limit that you thought to yourself, man, this is great. I think the singers in this auditorium or the singers will, will understand this. Have you ever sang a special and God came down? And then you got up two months later and sang a special and people are looking at you. And it's like, hmm, that didn't go well. Let me ask you a question. How excited are you to get up the next time to sing? Uh-uh. Don't be weary in well-doing. Don't, don't be weary. Don't let the fact that you're carrying burdens make you unexcited about the next. Don't, make, don't let the fact that you carry this flesh, and this flesh gets it wrong. Please don't, make it, don't let it make you weary. That, that, I, that I, 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 How can I help somebody else if I can't even get it right? Let me tell you something. God uses humanity for the glory of him so that no flesh will glory. Then the last thing I would, as we would, uh, go to verse number 9, and here it is. Here it is. How, how, how do you deal with the burdens and how do you deal with the flesh that these two can make us weary, among a lot of things, but I've isolated just those two. Look at verse number 9. And let us not be weary in well-doing, and the next phrase, for in what please do season. Can I, can, I, can I tell you that the antidote to weariness is your focus? The, the antidote to weariness, if you right now are saying, Pastor, I am as sincere as they come. I am as loving as they come. I, I don't mind putting myself out there. But right now, I don't think I have any more in the tank. I don't think I have any more to give. Paul comes to you through the scriptures that were settled in heaven long before you ever started your journey, and he says this, I know who you are. Don't become weary. 
you have burdens. Get married, you have more burdens. Have children, you have more burdens. Old age brings about more burdens. And then all of a sudden, your flesh is kicking you. And you're like, I can't even conquer this. I don't even think it's worth trying again. But here is the antidote to it. Let us not be weary in well-doing for in due season. The last set of verses we're going to look at this morning and then we're done is 2 Corinthians chapter 4. If you would, turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Because we must understand that we are not doing well. We, are, we don't have well-doing for right now. This is not why we're doing it. We're doing it for when we meet Jesus. And I think everybody has to rally their spirit around the, the words that are pinned here. If you would, let's just take a couple of moments. Verse 7, for we have this treasure, an earthen vessel, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. Look at the circumstance. For we are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. For we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. So then death worketh in us, but life in you. Look at this. We having the same spirit of faith according as it is written, I believe. And therefore have I spoken, we also believe and therefore speak, knowing that he which raised up the Lord Jesus, look at this, shall raise us up us also by Jesus and shall, and shall present us with you. For all things are for your sakes, that the abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many redound in the glory of God. Look at this, for which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perisheth, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. Verse 17, for our light affliction, affliction, which is but for a what, please? Moment. I want you to notice that. That burden is a light affliction, affliction, just for a moment. That flesh is an affliction, just for a moment, worketh for us a more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. And verse 18 is how we snap out of the weariness of the burdens in the flesh while we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Please know this. Well-doing will not be rewarded until you see Jesus. Adjust the binoculars. Adjust the focus. Stop looking for this after you get done doing well. Stop looking for acknowledgement. You're not going to get a ribbon. You're not going to get a trophy. You're not going to get acknowledgement. And this weariness comes because we think the reaping comes now. The reaping doesn't come right now. This is not judgment. And by the way, isn't it said that, that if you step up and say, hey, hey, didn't you know I did this? That the Bible says what? You now have your reward. 
And when you get weary, and I get weary, the thing that has helped me more out of, out of this context was this. I know my heart. I know how sincere of a believer I'm trying to be. Then why am I weary? It's because this. I'm dropping my focus from only God knowing and God acknowledging down to man. And I'm walking around going, does anybody care? Doesn't anybody care? When am I going to get acknowledged? When when is somebody going to write me a note? When when is somebody going, dude, when does the family realize everything I've given up for them? When do the people realize what I've done? And this can bring about a, really? No, listen, listen. God knows, and God is keeping track of every well-doing that you do. And God is telling us through the apostles, oh, don't be weary, don't faint, don't faint. Your God's taking note. If you're here today and and you maybe are are going to be giving up in your spirit, you're like, I just, I'm, I'm, I'm days away. If something doesn't change, I'm done then that means that you come from a position of being spiritual. Because if you didn't care, you wouldn't be weary. But because you care, you feel this weight. I care about other people. I don't want things to go wrong. I want to be the best I can be, but my flesh is kicking me. God comes along, he says, oh, don't don't give up now. Please don't give up now. Because there's coming a day when the reward is going to happen. Due season is not your retirement. Due season is not when that rich relative dies and you get your inheritance. Due season is not your 50th wedding anniversary. Due season is not your 80th birthday. Due season is not graduation. Due season is not turning 21. Due season is not getting out of college. Now? Now? Well, maybe now. Maybe now. No, 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 no. Due season is when you die. And you stand before the Creator, and the Creator knows all the well you did. And the Creator knows how much you struggled to be sincere and to do it right. And others may never recognize it, but they're not the litmus test of what we do. There's one person that knows you, and that's your Creator. And one day you're going to stand before Him, and He's going to look at you and say, Well done. Well done. And I am telling you that I would love for there to be no weariness on this side. But every time I get weary, I must remind myself, I'm not living for this. I am living to see him and for him to say, well done. Be not weary in well-doing. And if the burdens of others are, 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 are causing you to be weary... And if the inconsistency of the flesh is causing you to be weary, do well. 
Thank you for taking the time to listen to the podcast of the sermons from Emmanuel Baptist Church of Longview. We trust that the sermons and God's word was a blessing to you and yours. Please visit us at ebclongview.com. If we can do anything for you, please let us know. Have a great day.